Therapy Chat Podcast, episode 175. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. My guest today is Alice Wellens, LCSW. Alice is a Georgia licensed social worker in private practice, and she provides supervision and consultation as well as workshops, training, and public speaking events. Alice is a practitioner of life force yoga, something that you've heard me talk about here on the podcast in the past. Alice's areas of expertise are addiction, recovery, relapse, PTSD, trauma and dissociation, and attachment-related work with individuals and couples. And she uses mindfulness, meditation, and yoga-based education and techniques to help people learn to deal with stress related to daily life, relationships, recovery, depression, anxiety, and other mental health issues. Alice is a fascinating and wise person. And I think that you're going to enjoy our discussion. I certainly did. So let's dive right in to my conversation with Alice Wellens. Therapy Chat Podcast wouldn't exist without the support of its listeners. If you'd like to become a member, please go to patreon.com slash therapy chat by making a $1 per month donation you can help Therapy Chat keep going over the long haul. Thank you for your support. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. Today, I am very honored to have a guest who I have been wanting to interview for a while, ever since I met her last year. My guest today is Alice Wellens, LCSW. Alice, thanks so much for being my guest on Therapy Chat today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, the pleasure is all mine. And you and I met last year in a beautiful place, the Bahamas. (laughs) What a great place to have a workshop. Yes, at Shivananda Yoga Retreat, where we were, I was doing life force yoga training as a student and you were assisting. 
Yes, it was my first time assisting in that way. And I was really, really lucky to have the opportunity to assist with Amy Weintraub and Rosecrass and have such a great group of students to kind of ease my nerves on my, in my role for the first time. Oh my gosh, I couldn't tell you were nervous at all. It, it was awesome because there were only like six students, maybe eight, and you and Rose and Amy and that beautiful location that was so incredible right on the beach. Yeah, it's such a special place. And the community there is just really unique and vibrating with energy and having yoga on the beach or the bay um, every afternoon is is quite a quite a dreamy treat. Yeah, it was a very special experience. And the whole time we were there, you know, you were you and I were really the only therapists that were there, right? Mm-hmm. We were the only psychotherapists. I think everyone else was mostly yoga teachers, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I felt, you know, a connection with you just in that because, you know, it kind of anchored me that there was someone there who has the the trauma background that I have in in talking about how to use this work in psychotherapy. And, you know, I mean, Rose can talk about the neuroscience and she's amazing. And, you know, both of Amy and Rose have an amazing they know everything about life force yoga, but having being able to ask questions about, so how do we put this into practice as psychotherapists to you was really valuable to me. I totally agree. The life force yoga training is unique in that it it's offered to yoga teachers, yoga therapists, and mental health professionals. And as psychotherapists, like you were saying, our experience and flow with clients is different. Our training is different. The way we work with clients in diagnosing even and conceptualization of trauma in in our work with clients is different. So to have that shared person, it really does make a difference because we can talk about it in those ways that are specific and unique to our work. Yeah. And especially because yoga therapy is, you know, it is evidence-based, but to have someone who I could say, so, you know, within our scope of practice, how do we bring this in? And and that's what I really wanted to kind of talk with you about today is how you use life force yoga. And I'll, I'll tell you right off the bat that this is something that my audience has been asking about because they know I went to life force yoga training last year and they're like, so how do you use that in your work? And confess that I'm not using it as much as I was when I first did the training, but I think I'm going to be re-inspired by hearing from you how you have integrated this because I can see that it's really something that's fully expressed in the way you work. You know, it's just like the moments in sitting and meditation, you immediately start thinking and leave yourself and in life, it's it's not the going away, it's the coming back. Mm. <laughs> and I think when we go to a training, we come back and we're very enthusiastic and fresh and we start to incorporate a lot of those practices. And it's so easy to just resort back, back to the ways that you've been practicing and let some of those new experiences fall by the wayside. And so just picking it back up again, 
Um, you might thinking even about the level two. That's another way I got really mm-hmm. re-inspired again is going out to Tucson and doing the level two, which has a specialization in trauma. So I totally understand using it and then kind of going away from it and then using it again. But I'm really excited to talk about how I do use it in my clinical practice. Oh, I can't wait. So before we even dig into that, will you just tell our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? So I am a psychotherapist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I have had a private traditional 50 minutes sit on the couch practice for 20 years. Actually, 1999 was when I saw my first private client. And that has been really one of the most special honors of my life is getting to sit with people and hear their stories and be present with them and offer them a space to share their life. And I, I just can't imagine I can't imagine um, the gifts that I have given, that I've been given by doing this work. But what you realize at some point is telling the story and holding space and caring, all those things are so important. But as a psychotherapist in that practice, that practice way, you start to feel the limitations of practice. You start to feel this place that you get to and you wonder, how does the work get more expansive and Mm. deepen um, beyond just talking and sharing? And that is really where Life Force Yoga came in for me, is a way to bring the body, the breath into the room as a way to open up the portals of information and of experiencing and really of, of healing on a deeper level. Yeah, there's no question when we were at the retreat and and when I brought it back and used it with clients when I returned, that it is, it does take things to a deeper level and it does help access stuff that you can't necessarily access through talking. You know, it's that bottom up work. Mm -hmm. Right. So in your practice, what has been your focus and like who do you work with and kind of what perspective do you use and that kind of stuff? So in my practice, I work a lot with couples. About 40% of my practice are couples. 60% are individuals who could be coming in for anxiety, depression, trauma. They could have had a, a traumatic event or ongoing long-term you know, trauma, complex trauma from their childhood, as well as a lot of addiction, which is also has many, many layers of trauma attached to it. So that's sort of a general scope of my practice and of the people that I work with. I also specialize, specialize in working with other therapists. So I work with a lot of other therapists in terms of them doing their own work um, all the way to consultation and supervision, teaching them how to use different modalities. A lot of teaching, I have a consultation group where we talk about using these modalities, these life force yoga techniques 
in an ethical manner. We always talk about, you know, what the ethics are of using these and always talk about it from every every dimension, from theory and neurobiology to the heart-centered sort of energy level of the work. So basically I see I see lots of people <laughs> coming in with lots of lots of ways that they feel like somehow along the way they they are experiencing suffering. And it's a way to talk about where the suffering came from and how to help find some um, healing and some peace. Oh, that's beautiful. And, you know, I told you before we started recording that I just think you are the cat's pajamas. And so I'm excited that you do consultation because I didn't know that. And now I'm like, yes, so I can work with Alice somehow. (laughs) You can't be my therapist because I know you, you know, in a different way. And I don't live in Atlanta, but consultation. Oh, yeah. I'll be hitting you up for that. So I'm excited and happy that you offer that because I really just, you know, not to overwhelm you with praise, but I really, you know, your style resonated so much with me when we were together and, and even what I see that you do online, you know, and there's your social media presence and everything. I just really feel the wisdom that you have and your really calm, compassionate, authentic presence is wonderful. I really, really appreciate that. That's, that's, that's incredibly thoughtful and special and I really felt the same way. I felt like, you know, you you practice in a very similar way that speaks to me. You know, I like I like information. I like evidence based. I like theory. I like neurobiology. I, I can really tell you do, too, mm-hmm. um, as well as understanding that there's there's so many other important dimensions at work in the room. And so how do we talk about that and what do we do about with that and how do we help tap into that in a safe way? So it's exciting. It's an exciting moment in the field because neuroscience is validating every day a lot of these techniques that we're talking about, a lot of these practices that we're talking about, which is creating a lot of room for mental health professionals to um, feel more comfortable in getting trained and learning to use these and then and then providing providing them to their clients. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm so grateful for where we are in the the trauma research field and the neuroscience research field that and how it translates into our psychotherapy work that the the part of me that connects with intuition and sensing and kind of a spiritual connection to something and the part of me that is like but where's the proof yeah <laughs> you know they're they're finally coming together. And it feels great to be able to say, I know you might think this sounds kind of far out there, but actually it's backed up by this neuroscience, you know, evidence. And, you know, it's like, finally, the research is beginning to catch up with what these ancient practices have been, um, whether it's, you know, I've talked with other people here on the podcast about traditional and indigenous medicine practices Eastern traditions with, you know, acupuncture and Chinese medicine and, of course, Ayurveda and yoga. So it's just wonderful to see it all kind of coming together. I wish everything hadn't had to be so separate for so long that 
you know, that it's like, which, what are you? Are you the woo-woo type? Or are you the evidence-based type? It's like, you can be both. <laughs> right. And it's validated. And that's, yes, exactly. And I think it's giving people who tended to shy away from that, even though they were interested in it. And mm-hmm. that, that, that was me, really. And me. Um, you just wanted that professional identity. Um, and part of that is also probably age. But, you know, just young, a young therapist and wanting to be professional, but wanting legitimacy, wanting legitimacy, right. And trained in a very psychodynamic perspective. So boundaries and, you know, pathologizing and all of that. So it's very nice to have the expanse that's being created by all this research that's coming out now. And it's coming right into our office and it's really fun enter life force yoga. It's, it's a really great training that meets those two places that we're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, again, talking about our experience where I was the student and you were the assistant, I love that the training is so experiential. We are doing the practices the whole time. And so, you know, what I wish is that I have had stayed with doing the practices regularly. And I know I can return to it anytime, but you know, that's, it feels great to just have that be a part of your daily life. And that's where you inspire me too, because it seems like you do, you do do that. I I come and go as well. I'm in a place right now where I'm doing a lot more of it and regularly, consistently with clients, my own practice, but you just nailed it. I think you really, really put your finger on the moment of, of change in the therapy room. And I don't know if this is what you've experienced or your listeners are, are familiar with this feeling, but you're sitting with a client and you're talking to them about these practices. You're explaining Mm -hmm. these practices. I do that all the time. I'm explaining it. I'm talking to them about it. They're nodding their head, probably waiting for me to finish talking. And the, the moment of saying, let's try something, that's really the magical moment. And that is a portal into bringing the work into the room, bringing the work into their body, and then processing it and talking about it. And so there are often times when I'll be working with somebody and I'll, you know, hear myself explaining it and I'll remind myself, you know, I will take in all the other dimensions of where are they right now? Is this safe? Have we established, you know, permission? Have we established container? Have we established grounding? So all of those things are important to go through first. But if all that is there, then it's taking that moment and saying, do you want to try something? Um, And this is something I think we can try. And then actually doing it and having the embodied experience, leaving the prefrontal cortex, going into the body and letting them have that experience. And then we process it. That's the powerful. Yeah, that's what feels transformative in therapy is when you have those embodied experiences and you go, wow, yeah, I feel different from how I felt when I came in. Yeah. And maybe this is something I haven't felt before. Therapist, we've all had that moment 
You wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh, did I do my notes? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore when you use therapy notes. Therapy notes makes it easy to write your notes, get them done quickly, but thoroughly. My group practice has used therapy notes for six years and everyone always finds it easy to use. But the best thing is if you do need help, you can call their customer service number and a person answers the phone. And anytime I've ever had to use it, which is maybe three times in the past six years, my issue has been resolved easily with a cheerful demeanor in 15 minutes or less. So I highly recommend Therapy Notes. And don't forget, go to therapynotes.com and use promo code chat to get two free months. I think so many people feel like there's something wrong with me. Why can't I just dot, dot, dot? Yeah. So describing the central nervous system moving from the sympathetic fight or flight state to a parasympathetic tend and befriend state is very shame reducing, giving them some empowerment and some tools to help them assess and regulate their own central nervous system. And to have somebody do something in the office, oftentimes it can be less than three minutes and they can experience a pretty profound shift in their state. And they love it because they realize that they weren't doing anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with them. It's our neurobiology. It's our breath. It's our body. It's our biology. And that we can work with. Yeah. You know, something that you said really reminded me of something. And that is, well, two things. One, I think about myself not using Life Force Yoga with my clients as much. What came up when you were talking about that is I don't use it myself as much. So I'm not using it with my clients as much. That makes sense. And so I'm not practicing it. So I'm not bringing it to them. And then in the same vein, talking about it, explaining it instead of doing it together is kind of, it's not embodied. Mm-hmm. It's intellectual. In right. right. Yeah. So we're both talking smart left brain to left brain instead of right brain to right brain. And to bring trauma into it, because I know that's one of your specialties mm-hmm. and something that your listeners probably know and expect to hear talked about. When when trauma happens, whether it's acute trauma or more chronic, that is stored in different parts of the brain, not language-oriented parts, especially acute trauma. So you can have a client, I can have a client sit in front of me and tell me the story of their trauma and have all the affect around it, anger frustration, tearfulness, grief, all the affect, but it is not the embodied trauma because trauma does not have language really attached to it. Language immediately goes offline when you have trauma. So it's kind of tricky because you, you think that you're, you're digging in and you're having this very deep, powerful experience, but trauma hides. It's very, very deceptive. 
And so it's really hiding out in the body, which is why people will tell you their stories maybe for months, maybe for years, but you're not seeing that deeper change. You're not seeing that deeper resolving of it or change of healing of it. And that's because it's in the body. It's a great point because you're seeing the emotional reaction. You may think there's some processing that's happening, but it's not embodied. So it makes me think about how someone may start therapy and they're like, okay, so this is trauma therapy. They're they have an idea in their mind. I'm supposed to tell you my story. So they start telling you their story, just a narrative right off. And, you know, you're in the process of assessment. So you don't know what the person is bringing. You're, you're trying to learn more about what's happened to them. And, you know, they may just start right into this trauma narrative. And I would say that it's not embodied and it's potentially kind of keeping that trauma activated, you know, so it's not really helping the person. It's not a cathartic experience, even if they're crying and it seems like they're having a cathartic type experience. It's really more of a reliving, reenactment. Mm-hmm. And, and reporting. And I'll right. have young therapists come in to process their work. They will feel kind of pumped, you know, like I had this session and the, the client was really crying and just telling me everything. And it was intense and powerful. And, you know, they feel like they got there with them. Yeah. And to some degree, they did. You know, that's very important to hold space, to hold a safe container, to establish presence. Compassionate you know, witnessing. Compassionate witnessing, all of that. But then the work begins to talk about what really learning more about trauma and the education of trauma and where trauma is and where it's not. And life force yoga is a really great tool that helps you move that lever from reporting trauma and feeling trauma, experiencing trauma in a, in your brain versus the embodied experience and the breath and movement lots of other modalities that that bring the body into the work are really the way the portal into that deeper that deeper work. Yeah. So, I would also add that the other thing that you made me think of with when I'm explaining to a client about the practices instead of doing them together, I'm keeping myself from stepping into that vulnerability of saying, "You want to try something?" you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a parallel process. We're kind of, you know, in some ways we're sort of colluding with each other. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to push myself. I'm not going to push you. You're not going to push me. You're not going to push yourself. Not that directly, but everybody. All unconsciously. All unconscious, of course, but staying sort of safe, what feels safe. Yeah. And, you know, and that is definitely just something to observe because that's, That might be clinical grist for the mill as well. Wow, we're all sitting here kind of staying in our safety zones. Right. And, you know, we know that when you're doing trauma therapy work, you you want to establish safety, but that's not the same kind of safety. Right. It's more like I'm not going to take I'm not going to risk vulnerability for relationship connection and healing 
that's that's the kind of that's like that false type of safety. Right. And it's limiting safety because it's about not feeling, not experiencing something. And then you're always having to kind of monitor your environment to have protective barriers to not let things in. And the extreme version of that, very extreme, of course, is the people who really can't even live in society. You know, they have to live way out on a thousand acres of land by themselves because any stimulation from others and from living in community is just too dysregulating for them. Mm, That's a great point. So Alice, let's talk about how you use Life Force Yoga, just kind of in a practical way. How do you use it in your practice with clients who have substance abuse that they're wanting to work on or with couples? What what types of things do you do and how does that look? That That's absolutely the heart of the matter. <laughs> so let's start with anxiety because I, I think that's probably what so many mental health professionals hear mm-hmm. is anxiety. And I was listening to a talk the other night by Tara Brock. And she said, we've gone from Prozac Nation to the United States of Xanax. So true. So true. I thought that was so great Mm -hmm. because it does, if you've been in the field long enough, you've watched that happen. And depression is about hope and hopelessness. And anxiety is about safety and danger. And anxiety is about the amygdala scanning the environment, looking for safety and danger. It's a it's a component of survival of the species. It's why we're still here, because our forefathers and foremothers were able to stay hyper vigilant to sources of danger to keep themselves safe. What's changed now, of course, is we don't live in a world where there is constant threat of our very survival. Now, if you have had trauma, if you grew up in a home where it wasn't safe, abuse, neglect, addiction, mental illness, then you did have created a hyper-aroused amygdala that was scanning the environment all the time for safety and danger. How many adult children of alcoholics and addicts have you heard talk about coming home from school and immediately getting a read on the lay of the land? I swear that is what everyone says, the exact words. Exactly. They can tell by the way the car is parked in the driveway. Mm -hmm. They can tell by walking in the Mm -hmm. door. They create an exquisite sense of reading energy. So that is a hyper aroused amygdala. What happens is, is they leave that home and they go out into the world and they're still operating that way. They're anxious. That's what anxiety is. Safety and danger, safety and danger. And, you know, you add on all the things that are just going on in the world and are increased accessibility to news and information, and it can overwhelm us, you know. 
So what I, if a client was coming in and they were talking about any of those things, I'm overwhelmed at work or talking about growing up and how unsafe it felt or their fears and concerns about something that's happening. That's the first thing I do is give, do, do some education. And again, that's shame reducing and just talking about your central nervous system and how you're living in that sympathetic nervous system response. And we want to engage the parasympathetic nervous system. And immediately, like we were saying earlier, it relaxes them because it makes them shame reduction. And they realize I'm not doing anything wrong. This is just my nervous system doing what it is beautifully designed to do, which is scan for us. But it doesn't need to be working that hard and it's causing us to stress. So, you know, I do my talk. We, we do some edu- psychoeducation around that and we talk about it. And then at whatever point, and this is, you know, you have to decide for yourself the relationship with the client, the client's ability to ground themselves and to work with doing something out of the frame of talking. But if you get there, if you get to that point with you and your client, then I often, I think this is where the therapist personality comes into play is how you are going to bridge that with the client. And I often make a light footpath there. I'll say, so we've gone over all this. I think we've done some good work. Do you want to try something? And they mostly say, yes, I don't know what your experience has been. I think when you have the relationship and the person thinks, well, you know, I feel like I can kind of trust her. They're like, all right, it's probably not going to be anything crazy. (laughs) And that's, and I'll kind of say that I'll say, we're not going to do anything crazy. We're just going to do something for two to three minutes. Then we're going to sit back down and talk about it. So I kind of give them a sense of what's going to happen. And I'll lightly explain what's going to happen because I have one, one thing I typically do first all the time. And I'll go over that too. And I'll explain it. And then I'll say, all right, you want to try it? And most of the time they'll say yes. And so we both, we both will stand up and, and start trying something. And we're literally moving out of the frame. You know, they're standing up. I'm standing up. We're bringing our body into the room in a much more engaged way. And we're bringing our breath into the room. And we're, we're literally standing, facing each other in a very different way than we've been seated and looking at each other. So mm-hmm. it's a big shift. Everything, everything shifts. I don't know if you want me to go over what it is I usually do at that point, or if there's some other questions that would be helpful. Sure. If you're open to it, that would yeah. be great. I I'm, I imagine everyone who's listening is just hanging on. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> what happens? <laughs> so again, assuming all the ethical containers are in place in your relationship with the client. And yeah. This is not session one. This is not session one. And you need the training to do it. Right. Don't just like go and try to do what Alice is talking about right now if you don't have any training. And you do need the training. And I do a one day training to give mental health professionals just these very basics Mm. to start to use in their practice. And then, of course, Life Force Yoga has a level one training and a level two training. So I, I highly, highly recommend for yourself first and then also, of course, for your practice. So the first thing that I do is I'll And I will describe this to them first. And then we stand up and I do the light bouncing. 
And that is where you kind of stand there with your feet slightly apart and you just start bouncing your body. And what happens at that moment most of the time is we start laughing because it's got a childish feel to it. It's kind of got a silly feel to it. Playful. We're jiggling. Um, That can bring up a lot of issues and a lot of feelings right there because they have now inhabited their body and they're feeling it move around. And I'll explain. We can't think our body into relaxation. We can't think our body into release. The body is much, much smarter than that. But if we openly ask and engage our body in some light bouncing, then those big muscle groups that are contracted with stress and with anxiety, because what's the first thing that the body does when it senses fear is it contracts. Mm -hmm. And those big muscle groups contract. And so the bouncing helps those big muscle groups release and it helps start to move the lymphatic system, which is a large system of organs and cells and fibers in our body. And it's also where inflammation gets gets caught up. And inflammation is such a hot topic now, especially in Mm -hmm. um, the food world. And this is, again, a bridge between food and and mental health and yoga. So once because we are complete beings, we are complete beings. (laughs) We're an integrated body, mind and heart. Yeah. And so we'll stand there and we'll lightly bounce for two minutes and two minutes because the body, like we've been saying, is very, very smart and it will hold on. So you got to give it two minutes. I do two minutes in the office, but I tell them at home six minutes. Okay. Um, And, you know, any time of the day, first thing in the morning, midday, afternoon, you can't do it enough. It's a, it's a great, it's a great tool. And you can sort of swing your arms left and right and start to get a light spinal um, little twist in there. And the thing that moves the energy from your body out of your body is the breath. So making some sound at this point is very important. And the sound can sound like, (sighs) so really bouncing, moving around. You're probably laughing a little bit and then making that sound. And then I will have them cue them to when their body feels ready to start to come into some stillness. And we arrive in standing mountain. And I'll cue them to the posture of standing mountain. And um, always give the option of eyes open, downcast, or closed, depending on your comfortability. So they are always in control. And then we cue them to tune into sensation. Mm. Cueing into your left palm, your right palm. You might feel some tingling there because we've stirred up your life force. You might feel your heart beating. You might feel your breath flowing a little more freely. And then the last thing I do at that moment is I ask them to breathe in through their crown. I am down through their feet here. Awake. In through the crown. I am 
down through your feet, ready, present. And then I ask them to just make a mind body connection right there at that moment so they can know the way back to this place in their body. And then I'll have them open their eyes and we'll kind of look at each other for a minute because at this point, they're, they're out of their prefrontal cortex, you know, they're kind of in a light bliss state a little bit. Yeah, they're present. They're not dissociative, but they're, they're not present in their head. They're just in their body. Have them slowly make their way back down to the couch. And we sort of sit there for a minute and let, let that brain come back up. And then we'll talk about that. And the conversation is usually something like, wow, you know, in two minutes, I could do that to myself. And then also, if it brought up something difficult and uncomfortable about actually feeling their body. But I have to tell you, for the most part, the relief and the relief is what they're, they're really experiencing the most. Now, if I have a client that I've been working with, or we have time, and we're adding things on, then I'll, I'll add on breath of joy is the very first one I start with after that. Um, power Hara. But breath of joy is nice. And the bouncing is nice. Because if you're feeling heavy and sluggish, which is a lot of that depression energy, the bouncing lightens that, moves it off a little bit. And if you're feeling restless or agitated, which is more of that anxiety energy, it sort of shakes it and burns it off. So both depression and anxiety respond to kind of moving the body a little bit and then focusing on the breath. And you're doing it together. So the social engagement is online, right? Right. We're doing it together. So that therapeutic relationship, it adds to that. And it adds to reducing, hopefully, inhibitions about feeling awkward standing up and doing something. And again, that's where the therapist personality, I think, can really come in and, and try to create a, a, a safe and um, welcoming way into this work. And I, use, I typically, of course, depending on the situation, but I'll typically lead with a lightheartedness and some humor. Well, I just, first of all, that was beautiful. Like just hearing you describe that for it brought everything back from the yeah. training for me. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And my head was bouncing up and down, even though I'm sitting in a chair as I was thinking about you doing the light bouncing. My head was bouncing, which is weird and funny. But, you know, I just automatically did that. But it's so so resonant. I mean, there's something, and this is like one of those intangible things, but just even hearing you talk about that, it felt so resonant. You know, I felt like I could picture it. You know, your, your voice slows down when you describe it, even though you have a very comforting way of speaking anyway, but it's even more, you know, it feels so warm and just wonderful. It is. And that's the gift of us having our own practice is we can embody it and enjoy it and benefit from it ourselves. And that just creates so much coloring into how we can talk about it with clients and how we can show clients 
over that bridge from sitting and talking to maybe standing and doing. Now, if you have somebody who they're not standing is not available or something they're ready for, just having clients bring attention to their posture on the couch and having them sit up and sit in in seated mountain and opening up their chest and cueing to the heart and light smile at the lips and bringing attention to their body and breathing in through the crown and down through their feet. That's that's a lovely way to do that, just seated. So there are variations for all these practices to do that. Yeah, for differences in ability and Mm -hmm. bodies. And willingness. Yeah. For people who are, are very, very, very depressed, they they are hunched over. They're very contracted. The body's contracting because it's suffering and it's protecting its heart. Mm. Protecting our heart. And so if a client, you know, says yes, of course, permission is is crucial in one of the steps of creating an ethical container, just having them Lean back, shoulders over your hips, chin level, shoulders back and down, heart open, and then start to breathe from that place. Just having, just sitting up in a a awake and attentive posture can change the central nervous system. Mm, Goodness. I was doing it as you said. It feels so good. And we forget, you know, it's like we were saying earlier, we forget, we know all this and we forget. And it's not the leaving. It's not the forgetting. It's the remembering. It's the coming, coming back home to the practices. Mm, I'm so grateful to you for even talking about it and, and almost, you know, describing it in a way that was like leading someone through it. That was really for me, again, I've had the training, so at least level one. So that's, I can see it. I can visualize it. But when, before I took this training, if I could have heard a therapist go through like you just did, one of the ways that someone might use yoga therapy in in a session, it's just, it's hard to conceptualize it when it's so different from what you do. And it's like, are we going to be doing downward dog? And right you know, and it's like, I'm not a yoga teacher. Yeah. People think yoga are the asanas, which are the poses, right? The downward dog or the, you know, tree pose. And there are eight limbs of yoga and, and pranayama. The breath work is one of the limbs, which is so powerful. And one of the things I'm working on doing are creating some short instructional videos to show how you can do this um, and and putting it on social media so people can get a a visual of how they can do this for themselves at home. That's wonderful. And I know Life Force Yoga on their website, they have some articles and some short videos as well. But, you know, again, Rose and Amy are yoga teachers. And so they, they can do things that we as therapists who have yoga therapy training don't do in our work because we're not yoga teachers, but, you know, and then we do some things that they wouldn't do in their work because we are mental health clinicians and they're not. So, right. But that's, that's one of the things that makes it a little mysterious, but it's certainly made clear in the training. And that's, it's one of the things that 
is so valuable about it. Absolutely. And and like you said earlier, the training has some teaching, but it is mostly experiential because that's really how we learn this. And just like in the training, it's really how we learn it. Doing it in your office is really what can open up those portals in ways that we can't, we can't only that we can't really get from talking. Not that talk therapy is not important and CBT is not important. Those are all incredibly valuable components of psychotherapy. But if you're interested in other ways to bring this work in, this is a great way to do it. Alice, I am so grateful to you. I can't believe our time is up already. Um, (laughs) I know, but I'm so grateful to you for being my guest and you have so much to teach that I hope more people will find out about what you're doing and take advantage of the opportunity to work with you in some way. So where can people find you to work with you? I think the best place to land first is my website. So it's alicewellens.com and it's A-L-Y-C-E-W-E-L-L-O-N-S. And my website has links to all my social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It also has a section of all my upcoming events, which include talks and teachings and trainings that I'm doing, um, as well as a blog and um, just information about the different type of therapies that I offer. But that's the, that's the great landing place to see what's going on, as well as has all my contact information if you want to contact me. Great. So people can contact you for therapy in Atlanta or to attend um, a workshop or training or talk that you're doing and also consultation, I guess, from anywhere, right? Consultation. And uh, if you want to come and teach these modalities to to your office, to like this morning, I spoke at Emory Healthcare to their social workers on how to try to stay mindful, practice self-care while working in a really, really frontline type environment. So I love to go and do talks, trainings, and teachings for other organizations as well, all over. Wonderful. Well, very grateful for what you're doing in the world and the connection that we've made. And I can't wait for the next opportunity to be with you in person. Hopefully, I will get myself to level two soon, or maybe back to the Bahamas or something. Do level one again. Why not? So, Alice, thank you so much again for being my guest today. Thank you for having me. And thank you for having this podcast. It's, it's a really wonderful resource. Oh, thank you. Before I wrap up this discussion, I want to take a minute to do something that I'm a little behind on. And that is thank my Patreon members, the newest Patreon members are overdue their thanks. So I want to say thank you to Helen Billows, Aaron Brienza, Paula Parker, Jennifer Boyle, Ann Rawl, Cindy Yee Sin, Lori Cruz, Amy Ebersole, and Louis Saris Soto, who are my newest Patreon supporters. I am grateful for each and every one of you that you are supporting 
therapy chat and helping it keep going by your support. You will all have additional benefits to you. But um, and if you are signed up at a level that you receive some merch in the mail, I will send it to you as soon as possible, probably four to six weeks, you should receive it. And if I don't have your address, you'll see a message from me through Patreon asking you to provide that. But thank you all so much for your support. And I want to thank you all who are listening for hanging in for this conversation with Alice Wellens. I thought it was a beautiful discussion. In fact, when we finished, Alice and I very excitedly talked about how we might collaborate in the future. So look for an in-person opportunity to be with Alice and I sometime later in 2019. But in the meantime, I hope you were as inspired as I was by her talking with us about how she uses Life Force Yoga in her clinical psychotherapy practice and how it's been beneficial to her personally and how she has used it in her work with clients professionally. I think it's a beautiful method and I'm really grateful that that she helped me get reconnected to my personal practice of Life Force Yoga just by reminding me of how wonderful it is and I'm planning on getting back to using it daily and using it with clients. If you want to learn more about that, you can visit yogafordepression.com, which is the Life Force Yoga website where they have a lot of articles about the evidence base for this method and even examples and videos. But as you also heard, if you wanted to work with Alice directly for supervision or consultation, or if you wanted to become her therapy client in Atlanta, you can find her at www.alicewellens.com. A-L-Y-C-E-W-E-L-L-O-N-S. Thank you so much, as always, for your support of Therapy Chat. Thank you for subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and telling your friends and family about Therapy Chat. We appreciate all of the different ways that you all support me and my editor, Pete, and my assistant behind the scenes who helps with some of the podcasting stuff too. So be talking to you soon. And until then, take care. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of five stars on Trustpilot and has a five-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com.